Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. It may be that somebody has told you that you're really not in love with this other person, that it's a fantasy, that it's infatuation, that it'll go away. I'm assuming, of course, that you're watching this because of the fact that you are trying to make a choice between whether to leave with your lover or to stay with your spouse. In other words, you're married, but you're thinking about, maybe I should end the marriage and go be with this other person because I've never felt love like this. If you expect me to tell you that you're not in love with that person, then you need to change your expectations. I won't. I understand that you are in love with that other person and will not deny that. But I will ask you to think about a couple of things as you plan your future and as you make this choice so that you make the best choice concerning everyone, especially concerning you. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Bean with Marriage Helper. We talk about all kinds of things having to do with relationships, including this one, like I am married to one person, but I am in love with another person. I'm trying to decide whether to end my marriage and go be with this other person. Now, I understand it is a kind of love. You see, in the social sciences, we can identify various kinds of love. By the way, the one we never try to identify is true love. <laughs> Why? Because that's whatever a person is feeling at the moment. That's too subjective, too different per individuals. Therefore, we can't really quantify, identify it. But there are many kinds of love that we can identify. And if you're madly in love with this other person, then probably, we don't have time in this video, but there are others where you can check it out, we can look at certain characteristics and say, hmm, let's decide whether this is the kind of love that we would classify in the social sciences as limerence. No, it's a kind of love without a doubt. It's an intense kind of love. If you'd like to learn more about it, be sure to check out our other videos and look for the ones that talk about limerence. Just don't get mad at me if you don't like something I say about it. Because I understand it. I've experienced it. As a matter of fact, I've been in the very spot that you're in now. I was married to one and I was madly in love with another. And I had to make a choice. Will I end this marriage while I divorce her so I can go be with this person who is the love of my life? The kind of thing that sometimes people today call soulmates. And so I understand the intensity of that decision. Eh, later in this video, I'll tell you what decision I made and why I made it. But the very fact that you're watching it means that you haven't really decided, or at least in all likelihood means you haven't really decided. So may I suggest a thing or two that you seriously consider if you're trying to make that decision? What I would call essential considerations. One would be, who all will be affected by your decision? Whatever decision you make, someone is going to be hurt. You say, what do you mean? Well, if you're married to one who loves you and wants to be with you, then if you leave her or him for this other person, then you obviously are hurting the person you've been married to for a while. Or if you decide, no, I'm going to end my relationship with uh, this person that I'm madly in love with, and I'm going to go back and make my marriage work, then you're going to hurt him or her. And by the way, either way, it's highly likely that you're going to wind up hurting you. So it's not a matter of how can I make a decision that hurts nobody, because at this point, <laughs> that's an impossibility. I mean, I wish it were a possibility, but it's not. Someone's going to get hurt. Oh, and by the way, if you have children with this marriage, for example, 
then you're going to hurt them too. No matter how old they are, it's going to cause them some kind of pain. Younger children have some kind of effects that come from the parents' divorce. Older kids have a little bit different kind of effects that come. If you're thinking, well, how? There's a plethora of research out there about that. I'm not saying it'll doom your children, that it'll destroy their lives forever. Don't misunderstand. I will not lie to you ever. But will there be an effect on them? And the answer is, in all likelihood, yeah. As a matter of fact, it's almost impossible for it not to hurt them. So if you have kids, um, kids in school, for example, we know that probably some of the ways it's going to manifest itself, the pain they feel because you're in that marriage, for example, will be um, in their grades, particularly in courses that involve logic, like science and mathematics. Why? Because their emotions are going to get a little bit raw. And it's also much more likely that they're going to get involved in some kind of behavioral problems. I'm not saying they necessarily will, but the odds of that happening increases. Oh, and if you divorce this one and you have kids and and she or he winds up marrying somebody else and those kids have exposure to that person, you've got a whole nother thing going on here about how good a person is he or she, this new person that might be introduced into the picture if your spouse remarries, or even if he or she doesn't remarry, if they get into this really intense relationship, or even if they start dating a lot of different people and your kids get exposed to those kids, you have to be thinking, oh, wow, I don't know if that's always going to be a good man in my kids' lives or a good woman in my kids' lives. How are they going to be affected by that? Oh, I'm not trying to beat you up. Remember, we always tell the truth no matter what. All I'm trying to say is that if you're going to make this decision, the essential considerations that I hope you're considering because you're a good person, trying to make a decision that's going to cause the least amount of damage as possible, is that you're going to be thinking, who's going to be affected and how is it going to affect them? Now, be honest with yourself. Don't listen to somebody who says, oh, kids are resilient. No big problem. They'll get over it. That's fine. (laughs) One guy who was leaving his wife for a woman that was 20 years older than him, interestingly, said, she told me that my three-year-old and my one-year-old won't have any negative effects if I leave those two little girls and come be with her because years and years ago, she left her husband and it had no negative effect on her little girl at all. Now, I ask him this question. Do you think, since she wants you to come be with her and divorce your wife and be with her, do you think that she might be a little bit slanted in her opinion about this? And because of the fact that she doesn't want to feel badly about whatever could have happened negatively in the life of her own daughter, do you think maybe she has those rose-colored glasses we proverbially talk about and wants to see only the good and not the bad there? In other words, I'm not sure that that person's a good resource to help you make that decision because... Uh, She's got a vested interest in you making a decision in a particular way. We even sometimes hear about counselors and therapists say, kids are resilient, no negative problems, everything will be fine, I'll help them get through it. Hogwash. (laughs) The counselors can't help them get through it, and good counselors are awesome. If you've got a good counselor, use him or her to help your kids if you decide to make any decision that's going to cause your kids pain. But if they tell you that the kids are resilient, there's no long-term problems, and that they'll get over the short-term problems very quickly... That counselor therapist does not know what he or she is talking about. I'm telling you, the research is ample. That means article after article after article in the scientific journals, the social science journals, about all the various ways it affects kids. Now, I'm not saying that means you can't make your own decision. Certainly you can. But I'm saying be honest with yourself. Don't believe a lie or tell yourself the lie. No problem. The kids will be fine. There won't be negatives to them. At least be honest and say, if I make the decision to go this way rather than this way, this is how it's going to affect my kids. At least be honest with yourself because 
you love your kids. Now, if you're thinking, but I don't have kids. You just spent three minutes talking about kids. That's not applicable to me. Well, still think about the lover and the spouse. Because whichever decision you make is going to have a negative effect on them. You say, well, how? Well, your spouse will go through a mourning period because of the fact that you're not going to be there. If they want you to be there, that's that's kind of a death in a sense. Actually, real death a little easier. I'm, don't kill yourself. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's going to be also a lot of questioning of self, like what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Why am I not equal to this person that you left me for? You know that he or she's going to go through those kinds of things. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, they're going to. On the other hand, if you leave the lover and go back to your marriage, he or she is going to go through those same kinds of things, wondering what's wrong with them and and why would you leave them? And how in the world could you come and get involved with them and lead them to love you so dearly and now back out of it? It's a tough decision. And as I've already said, Either way, somebody's going to get hurt. Oh, and if you are deeply in love with this person, this thing that we in the social sciences would call limerence, you probably didn't go looking for that. I mean, here was a person that was in your life you had some kind of contact with. Maybe he or she worked in the next office. Maybe you you saw them at lunch because you always went to the same place. Maybe you went to the same church. Maybe you, well, actually, this other couple was your best friends, and that's how you got involved with him or her because you always had access. But access is the key. And so what happened in the beginning was that you found out you could talk to this person about things that you typically don't talk to other people about, and they were very accepting. You didn't probably have your first conversation that way, but because you liked each other, you enjoyed each other, you found him or her attractive, and somewhere along the line, you started opening up and sharing your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your fears, your aspirations, all those kinds of things. And it began to be like, nobody's ever got me like you do. Nobody's ever understood me like you understand me. And then he or she started opening up to you. And and that understanding got stronger, not just of him or her understanding you, but you understanding him or her. And then you form this intense emotional connection. Like, I don't think anybody else has ever felt this way ever. I mean, why couldn't my marriage be like this? Why have I never experienced a relationship like this? I don't even know how to tell anybody else because I don't think anybody else has ever felt this way. It's almost like there's two souls merging into one body. And that connection is so immense, you don't want to lose it. Yet here you are watching this video, which means probably that you all start thinking, uh, but I'm married to this person over here and it would be wrong to leave him or her for my lover. And so you started hiding things. You started going places where nobody would know where the two of you were. You talked about things beyond what you can or should talk about, I should say, with anybody that you're not married to. You probably held hands, which led to hugging, which led to kissing. And in all likelihood, you have made love to each other, and you have had a mixture of feelings about that. And you've been hiding and hiding, and you don't want to hide anymore. You don't want to have to sneak off to some restaurant in another town. You don't want to slink off to some hotel somewhere. You want it to be open. You want to just be completely with this person. That's how it all began, and now you've gotten to the present. If if indeed you're having an emotional struggle with making the decision, do I leave with my lover, do I stay with my spouse, you're probably going through this thing that we in the social sciences would call cognitive dissonance. That's what happens when your beliefs and values say this is the right thing to do, but what you're doing is in contradiction to your beliefs and values, and that messes you up inside. You feel bliss 
when you're with this other person. You miss him or her when you're not with your lover. But then on the other hand, you feel guilt about it as well. And when you look at your children or your husband or your wife, or maybe you're still going to church if you're a church person and you're sitting there listening to the preacher or the pastor speak, and you have these pains of guilt and it's kind of ripping you apart so that you get into this uh, emotional roller coaster. Because your beliefs and values are one thing, and what you're doing is a different thing, and it's kind of messed you up inside. And now, actually, you're contemplating maybe altering your beliefs and values to make this okay, thinking, maybe that'll be a good thing. Maybe that's what I need to do. And in this emotional roller coaster, because you are so intensely in love, this limerence thing with your lover, you tend to think about her a lot. You tend, or him a lot. You tend to daydream about the things you've done together, the things you've talked about. You tend to cherish the little items that you have shared with each other. You tend to cherish the places that you've been together. You tend to fantasize about the future, what it would be like with him or her. And so you feel all this ecstasy. And then when you're with him or her and you see signs of reciprocation and you can see the love, you hear the warmth in the voice, it's like, ah, this is heaven. This is absolutely amazing. But you're also hyper vigilant in watching him or her. And sometimes you see that he or she's not having a good day. And sometimes maybe they appear to be pulling away from you a little bit. Or sometimes they see something negative when they've been so warm and friendly. And you're hyper vigilant watching for signs of rejection. And any time you think he or she is not reciprocating with this amazing love you have, this deep longing you have to be with each other, it just makes you miserable. As a matter of fact, you may even have had physical manifestations when you think maybe he or she's pulling away from you, like heart palpitations, a upset stomach, a, a sweating, rapid breathing. Even if you don't, don't have the physical manifestations, you get the emotional ones of going from ecstasy to misery, sometimes that fast. And, and then thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, what'll happen if she goes away or he goes away? And so you're struggling with this and then you're comparing. You're comparing him or her to your spouse. And when you do, almost always your spouse loses because this is the person now you have all these intense positive emotions about. And this is the person that's keeping you from being with him or her. And so when you make those comparisons, your spouse tends to lose. Even if you say good things about him or her, like, oh, but I love him. I love her. This is a good person. I can't say anything bad about him or her. You know that when in your mind you ever compare them who wins. And that's the prison that you're living in. And it's got you miserable. Now you're going to do something because when it comes to your future, you can't live like this. You're going to make some kind of decision. You're going to decide either to end your marriage and try to go be with this person, or you're going to end this and try to make your marriage work. By the way, don't try to do both those things at the same time. You say, what? Don't try to do both those things at the same time. Don't think, well, I need to decide about this and fix my marriage or decide about my marriage at the same time. They're actually two different decisions. What are you going to do about this? That's decision number one. Then am I going to try to make my marriage work? That's decision number two. <sighs> Count the cost. What I mean is, what do you have to gain if you leave with your lover? What do you have to gain if you stay with your spouse? What do you have to lose if you leave with your lover? What will you have to lose if you stay with your spouse? I don't have time. I'm out of time. As a matter of fact, I have to wrap this up. But things such as, what would I gain? Oh, I'm going to get to be with this person that I feel these amazing emotions for. That's worth all the loss on the other side. Here's the bad news. I've been there. I know how this feels. Not only have I, thousands of people have. I know you don't believe that right now. You think nobody's ever felt this way. Yeah. 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I've worked with a ton of them myself. In addition to my own story, I've heard their stories. And I can tell you this, what you feel right now, this intense, positive emotion you're feeling at the moment, it's not going to stay that way forever. Oh, I know you think it will. I know you believe it will. And you're looking at me thinking, you're an idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about, which is exactly what I would have said when I was in the situation you're in right now. But eventually it's going to change. And so you make decisions thinking, this is the way I'm going to feel. He, she's going to feel for the rest of our lives. Therefore, it's worth all I'm going to give up for it. And I'm telling you, I'm guaranteeing you, as a matter of fact, it's going to change. It cannot stay that intense. Nothing in life can stay that intense. It's going to end. And so what am I going to gain? What am I going to lose? So suppose you get in this relationship over here. And then what you realize someday is that it begins to fade. It begins to go away. Do you know that in all likelihood, even if you divorce your spouse for this person, statistically speaking, and I know you're not a statistic, you're an individual, but statistically speaking, the lot, the odds, the likelihood that you'll actually wind up marrying this person, extremely low. Oh, I could explain it in a lot of detail. It's just out of time. I can't do that here as to why you probably aren't going to marry each other. But part of it has to do with you're going to start counting the losses. She, he, they're going to count the losses. You, you're going to count the losses. And if you do marry, if you do marry, the likelihood of your divorcing is exceptionally high. I mean, extremely high. Most of these couples just don't make it long term. And then you look over and you look at what you gave up. You look at the person who loved you. You look at if you have children, what you put them through, what it's cost you in terms of friendships, what it's cost you in terms of your own morality. And so think this way, 10, 10, 10, if you can be honest with yourself. Whichever decision I make, how am I going to feel about it in 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years? Now, if you decide to stay in your marriage and end this with this person over here, you're going to grieve. You are. You're going to mourn. You're going to go through a lot of misery because of the fact that you're giving up someone who's very important to you. But think 10, 10, 10, not just how it's going to feel right now, even in 10 days, but 10 months ahead, how it's going to feel and it's going to change some. And in 10 years, why am I going to look back and be very happy that that was the decision I made for my life? If you can think that way. Oh, and one last thing for you to consider who you are. Because you see, if you change your beliefs and values so you can go do something that's in contradiction to your beliefs and values, you will become a different person. You're going to look at yourself in the mirror someday. As a matter of fact, in some sense, maybe you already have. You're going to look at that mirror and think, where's the me I used to be? Where's the good guy, the good gal? Where's the person I liked being? Why have I become somebody different? Because when you change your beliefs and values, you do become a different person. A lot more things to think about. Tell you what, go to our website, marriagehelper.com. We have a lot of free resources there. Or call us. Talk to one of our client representatives, and we can help lead you to good resources for you to use as you make this decision. But I do ask you this. Think carefully about your future before you make the decision. Get some people to help you think about all sides of it. It's your decision. Nobody, nobody should tell you what to do, including us. But good resources to help you think everything through carefully, that's a wise thing to do. We would like to help.